Welcome to What to Do When, a podcast from Real Lawyers with Real Perspective, where we explore a variety of legal issues and scenarios. Each week, we focus on a new topic and discuss what to do when and if any of these legal scenarios ever happen to you or a loved one. With over 40 years of combined legal experience, our hosts offer their unique perspectives and insights on a range of real-life legal situations. Hi, guys. Welcome back to another podcast at Chrysler Cardona here in Richmond, Virginia. I'm Jackie. And I'm Scott. Jackie, what do we have on the docket for today? Yeah, today is our uh, second part of our mini-series with uh, Bill Faith, and it's what to do when it's over and you don't want to blow up your life. Whoa, that's a deep topic. And and for those of you who are just joining us, we had a podcast prior where we went through Bill's credentials. We won't do that again today. Go for, back and watch it, though. It's a good one. It's a really good one. Um, but what are we talking about here? So what happens when we don't want to blow blow it up? Well, it's over, right? So let's, let's first acknowledge that if we're saying it's over, we're acknowledging the marriage is irretrievably broken. There's no hope. The counseling maybe came and went, whatever the case may be, it's done and gone regardless of the reason. And you don't want to blow up your life. Bill, what, what does that even mean? Well, when folks are clear, we're done. I immediately come back with data. There are, when folks split, there's essentially three things that happen. Either they end as friends, genuine friends who like each other, who are respectful for each other, who can even have Christmas together with the kids. Do you follow me? Yeah. We're not hateful. Nothing funky is going on. I can't live with you, but I still am your friend. Second choice is this Cold War. Mm. But I will not fight in front of the kids in front of you, but I think you're a dirty SOB. Mm. Okay? And the third is this active hot war where I'm going to do everything to destroy you, your life, you know, your, your career, whatever. Now, the statistics on that are repeated over and over again. And I can ver- verify. I'm sure Jackie can't do That's the three cases we have every time. And, and, and the first case, what well, generally people who are ending think they're going to end as friends. About a third who nasty affairs or whatever, they're going to be hateful of each other, they think, right? But two-thirds and believing they're going to remain friends. Forgive me, within a year, half of those, because of lawyers and, and all that comes with that or judges, are now at least stilted with each other and having problems with each other. The, the trust is being just broken because of money or whatever, Custody hearings, all this kind of stuff. Within, so we got now we've got uh, one third left. Yeah. Within five years, life happens, and half of that. So essentially, maybe one sixth of people decide to end as friends, remain, and do that. To the degree, with me so far? So Never. far. To the degree that you end in a Cold War, statistically, those kids are more likely to have trouble in school, more likely to fit you, to use substance themselves, and it's predictive of their marriage not doing so well. The, with the first group, when the parents, even though they end their marriage, if they end as friends and behave that way, statistically, those kids grow up the same as if mom and dad were still married. Wow. Wow. But that's about one-sixth. You follow me? Yep. And, and the group, the third group, where they're active hot war, those kids, 
almost predictive they're going to get divorced. You know, most of them are divorced or use substance or fail at school. Mm. You know, it, it's a graph that grows terribly in reverse. Do you follow me? Yeah, absolutely. Yes. But literally being friends, buying Christmas presents together three years later for the kids kind of thing, having Thanksgiving, doing Halloween together, and, and talking. You know, And when they remarry, they remain friends kind of thing. Yes. That weird thing where, where they all get along. Right, and literally, and the kids know it. So when the kids having a problem, mom and dad still sit down at McDonald's with the kids and talk it out. What are we going to do? Working together, backing each other up. So, Bill, I'll just tell you, um, I'm divorced, and I have two teenagers with my former husband. The, um, our daughter is almost 15, and our son is 16. They are the most well-adjusted, straight-A students, goal-minded doing so well. And I'll tell you, we're exactly in your statistic. We are friends. It was tough at first. Of course, nobody gets divorced and is like, oh, yay, high five, let's get divorced. But we had birthday parties together. We call each other when something's going on. Our daughter wanted Snapchat this year. And I said, let's call your dad. My husband has a say in it, but her dad and I first talk about it. And she needed to know that we were talking about it. I called him right in front of her. We had a conversation about it. He says, kiddo, I don't think this is the way to go. Now, we we don't share holidays, but we, we talk on the phone about our kids. We talk to our kids about talking to the other parent. We can see each other and have a good time. And hey, how are things going? You are 100% right. These kids are going places and they're doing so, so unbelievably well. And I pat myself on the back because... I do this for a living, and I feel like we worked really hard to get here. But I'll tell you, my husband and his ex-wife also do very well in the co-parenting of their two teenagers. So so together, we sort of were able to mirror and model off of each other and see what great benefit we have in these teenagers, all four of them, with the different parent groups that are just thriving. They're just thriving. You're saying something so important that happens after the divorce. But if we back up for a minute inside the marriage, the thing that I focus on inside the marriage is two of you need to make each other the first priority, i.e. communicate, care about each other, get along with each other. When a couple in marriage get along with each other, Nothing else is different statistically. Their kids do better in the world. Mm -hmm. And more than that, teenage problems are fewer. Drug use is less. Just because mom and dad are cherishing each other within the marriage. Sure. Outside the marriage when it's ended, being friendly, the kids see that. All the attention, they can go to either parent. They're having a problem, an adolescent problem. Talk to either one. Mom and dad are working together to address the, uh, the adolescent. And when when parents, mom and dad, give the message together, side by side, yes. supporting each other up, no matter where it is, in the marriage or after the marriage, the kids are better for it. We know that. I tell the people all the time, that can't be true. we got to solve the problem first. No. You stand together first, side by side, backing each other up. And the problem, whatever it is, by that alone is less. Do you see a lot of... Um parenting philosophy differences in the couples that come to you? Yeah, people tend to duplicate what they've seen, but they, they still need to... Well, I'll, I'll cite some other statistic. I have a very expensive, it, it, it used to be 700 bucks, now it's probably 1,200 bucks, uh, test several 
hundred questions, like seven hundred questions, zero to seven on values. What do you agree mm. on? Two copies of it. You both fill it out. Mail it to California. It costs a lot of money. What what comes come back? The vast majority of people share at least eighty percent of each other's values. Interesting. Probably ninety ninety five. Wow. But what they fight over. And because they don't know any better, is the remaining five. Okay. And what they're really fighting over is not the values. They're fighting over loving each other. You know, mm. you know, it, it, this becomes cause because you don't respect me or talk me well or, you know, you didn't hug me last night. Okay. I'm going to fight over something with you even though I probably agree with you. Does that make sense? Makes yeah. sense. And why it plays out in divorce. Okay. We didn't make it, and I'm going to find a reason to dislike you. Right. And, and But if you back up, we probably agree on most things. If we quit, I don't have to hate you kind of business and work together with the well-being of the kids, follow me, we can get along and be friendly enough at least. Follow me, that second group is at least friendly enough. The kids are probably in the bed, you mm. follow me? Mm-hmm. Let, me ask, let me ask a question there because this is something I see a lot. What if one of the parents is – like you said, an abuser, type one narcissist, you know, off the wall. I mean, is there times when that can happen or is it still better to, you know, and I struggle with that because I see it a lot yeah. and I don't know, you know, because we do a lot of custody work. I've been doing custody. I started out as a guardian litem in Richmond City and I did literally thousands of cases every year. So I have this experience realm of watching these things play out where you have one parent for instance, they're a crack addict. They're using crack every day. You know, and you come up to parent with them, you don't have that sort of ability. Or I think worse is the parent who is emotionally or narcissistic or in that realm right. where they're really abusive to you, maybe it's the other spouse. It's so bad, um, you know, that it makes it difficult to do that. So how does that play into that theory? Well, now we're into the deep <laughs> level of morality and consequences and responsibility we live in a society that that profoundly encourages addiction and profoundly encourages narcissism wow truth is whatever you want it to be truth is whatever you want it to be and if somebody's called on it well who are you to tell me and people get mad you know i have Mm -hmm. my truth all that business the the mature immaturity and addiction and that 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 background noise that our society presents is profoundly troubling. Um, and, and, and what do you do when someone is a crack addict and won't change? What do you do if a narcissist and will never apologize? We've got major problems here. Yeah, sure. Uh, but, but if it could be possible, and I'm not sure how that would work, they have consequences i.e. for the person who is a crack addict who's offered some hope, but no, you're not going to get so-and-so. But I worry that, forgive me for talking about lawyers, too many guardians at Lightham that I'm aware of dealing with bring their biases to the table Absolutely. and won't recognize something's wrong somewhere and won't confront that person. Then I also am aware of people who do co-parenting counseling who basically do nothing. You know, they sit and they fuss over scheduling a Sunday dinner or something like yeah. that. Rather than dealing with confronting mom and dad, you people stop your crap because yeah. it's no good for the kid. Yeah. You know, that, that, that the, 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 everybody's getting a little truth into the, parenting, the co-parenting house that can't confront them. No, this doesn't work. 
you got to stop doing it or there be mm. consequences to your kids. I'm working with a case now where I told mom unequivocally, if you continue doing what you're doing in a short period of time, three years or less, your kids will not talk to you, will not like you, and you have the most lonely mother days, Mother's mm. Day. Wow. And of course, what she's saying, you're full of it, right? Right. That's your opinion, right? It's my opinion. <laughs> I've never seen this before. Yeah, right. Well, it's not been three years. It's been a year and a half, and the kids hate her. Oh. And the divorce is not even final. Yep. But, but what, I would say, what are you doing? She came to me and said, I'd like to fix this. Okay, I'll help you fix it so you get back with your kids. But again, what do I know? Do you right. find me? Yeah. And, and I, I worry that that we're all enabling the narcissism. We're all enabling the addiction, whether it be pot. Pot isn't bad. Pot's terrible. <laughs> you know, let's not get into it. But all, all these things we rationalize the way that people can be immature in their lives and get away with it. We're, we're all spending addiction or, or, or the new iPhone addiction, you know, versus what's life about? What are you doing? What do you cherish? What values? Looking back. Wow. No, I, I agree. I think that's, but you know, for, for, like I said, for practitioners and us, and you do get in those situations that are not going to be healthy and you have to make those choices. But I think what you're saying and what I'm saying is, you know, that's where we need help. And calling a spade a spade. But if somebody could call a spade a spade, I would hope in my naivete, forgive me, but that somebody with authority, I, a judge would say to somebody, not in a mean way, but grow up, this doesn't work, that's not right. Well, you know, you made a point about um, there are some folks who may come see you who otherwise might sort of end up as the, the friends that you talked about versus the Cold War or the act of hot war. I think in our world we'd call that a high conflict, right? <laughs> the act of hot war. Um, but the lawyers get in there and stir trouble. At 400 bucks an hour, why not? Yeah, I, I think Scott and I can absolutely attest to the fact that there are plenty of attorneys. If we know that there are certain attorneys on the other side, we demand a higher retainer just because of how much conflict we know they stir. Yeah. But, That's but, crushing, and but, it's but crushing we're, to these families. Back, we're back to more bias. You know, what is marriage? Marriage is, a, I shouldn't say this, right, politically incorrect. A man and a woman loving each other the rest of their lives, raising mm. kids and doing the right thing and carrying on a lineage generation after that. Where all this is just your opinion, there is no objective morality, you do what you want. That's the environment we live in. You can't call anybody out and say, no, that's not true. This is the truth. Right. Well, and I think, quite frankly, we gave up marriage a long time ago when we brought in no-fault divorces. And we say, well, it's just good enough to live separate and apart for a year and we can call it a day. And again, it, it doesn't bring that you might have to change some of your own behaviors to fix stuff. You know, you're, 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 it's no, there's no, there's no real commitment under anybody under the law when you say I do. So do I, what you want. while I agree with you, I also have to say that I don't think it's our government's job <laughs> to legislate 
our morality. Absolutely. If I'm married and I want to get divorced, I don't want the government to try to have some more input than they already do. That's my, it's my heart issue. It's my husband's heart issue. It's who my, I don't think the government's role is to be different than it already is. I mean, it already makes you in Virginia, you got to <laughs> wait a year. Yeah. There's some exceptions, right? But you have to wait a year. And why Scott, why does the general assembly have that? We have to wait a year. I don't know. I can't figure it out. Well, they call it the cooling off period. Yeah, exactly. The cooling off period. Just maybe you want to get back together. That's maybe. what. It, that's the way it's written, and I think that's appropriate. I am all in favor of of there being things in place, whether you, it's community or otherwise, to try and save marriages. And I promote the covenant of marriage. I believe it is a covenant. It's more than a contract. But I don't. I don't think the government should be. Um, trying to legislate that. Just my two cents. And my point is, on the other side of it, is when you make something so easy to get in and out of, you don't put any parameters there. So my point is, if we're going to say marriage is this institution, we shouldn't so easily be willing to throw it out. So there should be some hurdles. To yeah, if I could add what both of you are saying, I think the macro issue, which started uh, with Rene Descartes, that over time, there is an objective truth. Right. We, we threw out God, we threw out morality, we threw yeah. out right and wrong, we threw out responsibility, yeah. and therefore all bets are off. Yes. And that's the world we live in. Uh, and and, and mm. I think, back to making marriages work, I think people within the marriage need a moral base, something that draws them together more than the feeling that I love you. Right. And something more than... I, gee, I'm a parent. I ought to do something. This, I have responsibility. I, I gave my word to somebody. I have responsibility. I have babies, you know, children that I need to take care of. They come first. But the world we live in, I come first. And that's, that's, yes. that's the sad part of it. Yeah, and it's amazing to me that people have a very moralistic thing about work. Like, you know, I can't miss a day, I'm there, and I have to work when, you know, but when it comes to the marriage, it doesn't, the same different, this the same approach doesn't apply. It's amazing to me, because, you know, you get the workaholic guy who would never, ever violate any dictate of work, but in his home life, he doesn't, he doesn't apply somehow. What was the song, Teach Your Children? Is that the one where uh, uh, his dad wanted to talk to him, and he blew him off, and then the, later, he's very lonely, was the song. Cats in the Cradle? Cats in, was that the one? Uh, yeah, I think so. Maybe. I might be wrong with something, yeah, but that's what I think of. All right. I think we're here. I think we probably should pause here. We're going to bring another episode here pretty soon. But today we wanted to go over, you know, there's choices is what we're trying to bring to the table today. There are choices of how you want to keep this from blowing up. Do you want the high conflict? High, well, first of all, it's expensive in so many ways. It's emotionally expensive. It costs your children likely their future lives. Yes. Okay. It, <laughs> financially, it's expensive. Emotionally, it's expensive. All of those things. That's the active hot war that, that Scott and I have referred to as high conflict divorces uh, that we've that we've talked about before. There's the cold war. Right, which is we're nice to each other in front in, in each other's face, but uh, there's there's sort of under undertones of, of active war. And then there's where, where the couple ends as friends and they're able to co-parent and they're able to deal with discipline issues and, and they're able to, to follow through with their teenagers, whether it's uh, or children as parent-teacher conferences or any other issues. Um, and so... And what we're saying here is there's people out here to help you 
try to be friends the best you can. But beware, there are people who also don't want that for you. (laughs) Yes, very much so. But what our suggestion is, if you're, you're done and you don't want things to blow up, realize there's three realities, as Bill said today, that you're going to face. And you have to choose the reality that you want to the best of your ability. You make, you can't control the other person. Bill will tell you that. I can't make Jackie do something. Right. Um, she's an adult. But if I choose to be friends, then I can even get Bill's help of how I can do this better. If I'm struggling, even if that person won't come to counseling, maybe I can go to Bill and say, hey, I want to make this better. What things can I change to try to be as friends as much as possible, at least have a a friendly cold war, not just a cold war, you know? So there are things we can do again, like, and subscribe. We thank you for being here today. See you next time. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of what to do when for more episodes, be sure to subscribe to our podcast and we encourage you to check our archives to listen to previous topics. Tune in next week for a new episode and some fresh perspective from Kreiser Cardani.